You know, often on the editorial board, Scott, we have not just candidates in to talk to us, but we'll just have public officials in to tell us what they're doing, how they're seeing the world, if they have some sort of policy they want to talk about. But this week, we just had the sheriff in. Have you done Sheriff Mahoney in a cartoon? I drew Sheriff Mahoney in a cartoon, yeah. It was something about medical marijuana, and he had said he didn't inhale. I can't remember what the whole gag was, but he liked the cartoon. He requested a copy of it, so I think it's hanging up in his office. But amongst all the issues we wanted to talk about the sheriff with... There's a big issue about immigration in the news. We yeah. build the wall. We asked him point blank, are we a sanctuary county? Are you a sanctuary sheriff? And here's what he said. Are you a sanctuary sheriff? No, I'm not. So it's pretty clear, pretty clear, Dane County, we're on the side of Trump. We are not sanctuary We're going to build a wall around our county and keep the immigrants out. Right, Scott? Well, not exactly. You need to listen to the rest of his answer. So why are you not a sanctuary sheriff then? Because a sanctuary sheriff, first of all, doesn't ask the question of immigration. And two, refuses to work with ICE. Because there are sheriffs in in our national organization who consider themselves sanctuary sheriffs because they don't ask those questions. They refuse to work with ICE. I don't refuse. If ICE came and said, we have a warrant to go to Dave Mahoney's house and we need assistance, we'd provide the assistance. I'm not going to swear my deputies in as 287G ICE agents um, because I don't feel that my role is to enforce federal immigration. I've got enough on my plate, as do our deputies, to do their jobs every day. Well. It is a little surprising that he's not coming off as adamantly against Trump, which is the Madison way or the Dane County way. He has a measured, he calls himself a middle of the road sheriff. Maybe Uh, pragmatic? Yeah. Well, let's talk about immigration, ICE, and Dane County's approach to the whole immigration debate in this week's episode of Center Stage. I'm Scott Milfred. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the political cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. Dave Mahoney has been sheriff of Dane County since 2006, and he has been reelected three times since then, including this last fall when no one ran against him. The Dane County Sheriff's Department, they have 550-some employees, including 425 sworn officers or other personnel. They run the bomb squad. They've got the dive team. They patrol the lakes. And when it comes to immigration, they're in charge of the jail and how the jail communicates with federal immigration officials. If ICE tells me that they want to hold, we put the hold on. But I do not hold past their eligibility to be released. So if Dave Mahoney gets arrested today, comes to jail on a on any charge where there's a bail, ICE is immediately notified now. We don't even have to send the fax. If we take fingerprints, they're immediately sent to NCIC, um, which is the information center for all the federal law enforcement, and ICE is part of that. So ICE then notifies us. We see the Dave Mahoney's come in. Um, we want a hold placed on them. It, 
and I have $250 bail. We'll say, Dice, he's got $250 bail, and it appears he'll be able to post. If ICE is in Madison and picks me up, they'll pick me up. But I won't prevent Dave Mahoney from bailing out. Likewise, go through the whole court process, get sentenced to six months in jail. ICE knows that on April 22nd at 11 p.m., we're going to release Dave Mahoney. If ICE is there to pick him up, they'll get him. Mm -hmm. If they don't, I'm not going to hold them for an additional 48 hours for the convenience of ICE to pick them up because there have been federal rulings that that's unconstitutional. But there okay. are some sheriffs that do do that. There are some. That yes. will hold people indefinitely past the time of their sentence or just... There are. Yep. There are some who will hold you... Indefinitely or, or just 48 hours? There are some that will hold for 48 hours and there are some that will hold you until ICE picks you up. Dave Mahoney, as an officer for the National Sheriff's Association, has been to the Oval Office three times to talk to Donald Trump about law enforcement concerns, including immigration. I've been very honored to have been invited in to have conversations on on a host of topics. And when I have been asked by the president on my thoughts on immigration, it is that, um, you know, I believe that the vast majority of immigrants coming across the border are coming for a better quality of life. I'm not in favor of building a wall because I've been to the border. I spent a week in, uh, on the Mexican border, uh, talked to ranchers who are on the border, um, and pretty much across the board don't feel that the wall will stop the issues that I'm dealing with in Madison, Wisconsin, or in Dane County. It's not gonna stop the influx of opiates across the border. They'll continue to be able to smuggle opiates across the border. It's not going to stop MS-13 from coming across the border. Um, it'll make their job. It'll make it a little more difficult, but it won't stop it. And it's expending exorbitant amounts of U.S. dollars for, I think, a limited return. It's, it'll feel good, but I don't think it'll solve the problem. I believe if we want to address uh, the immigration issue. Uh, we need to strengthen our borders, meaning more bodies, um, more technologies, um, and I think we need to find an expedited means to citizenship for those who come to our country who want to be U.S. citizens. I think will help solve some of our immigration hurdles. And I've had that exact conversation three times with the president in the Oval Office. So the politics of this are, are kind of interesting because uh, Dave Mahoney, he's the sheriff in liberal Dane County, but... He's a good Democrat, too. I mean, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he is not a proud union Democrat. Well, he was, in fact, the leader of the deputies union yeah. prior to becoming sheriff. You could cast him in Hazard County or... He does have that <laughs> Hazard County look, doesn't he? he? Except he's not wearing a cowboy hat like Sheriff Clark. Yeah, he could be a rural sheriff, but he is in an urban sheriff. But I think it's kind of a big city sheriff type role that he has. Yes, he's on this national group. So when he says something about immigration, he's not just speaking as Dane County Sheriff, he's potentially speaking for sheriffs across the country. Sheriff Mahoney said there's three things that are the hottest issues in law enforcement, and it's immigration, 
mental health, and opioids. I would say, generally speaking, his position sounds pretty thoughtful and uh, smart. I thought so, but we're in the sensible center of Wisconsin (laughs) politics. There has been some efforts in the past to pressure the sheriff not to ask about immigration status, but he continues to do that. And that's only for people charged with the crime. It's not for that's just true. it's not for just witnesses. And one of the things the sheriff talked I thought pretty passionately about in our discussion was how damaging the ICE raid was to yeah. community trust. You know, last last fall, ICE agents went and rounded up what, eighty some people in the Wisconsin in Wisconsin? Yes. And and basically knocked on doors in the middle of the night to, to take people away and didn't really work the police department about it, didn't really work the sheriff's department, or at least Dane County Police and Madison Police. And our local law enforcement feels very betrayed by ICE because now they've worked for decades to build trust with the immigrant community in general and saying, you can trust us. We're not going to turn you in. We're not going to turn in your grandfather to immigration services. Mm-hmm. And here comes ICE. And in one night of raids, basically destroys 20 years of trying to build trust in a community. The really frustrating thing, too, about those raids, and we wrote an editorial about it back at the time, was that there was almost no information from ICE for months in terms of who exactly did they pick up and why exactly did they pick these people up. Yeah. So, for example... If someone's an undocumented immigrant and there's evidence that they committed a murder or assaulted somebody, I would hope that we'd go pick them up in the same way they'd pick up you or me if we did that. Yeah. On the other hand... If somebody's got a couple unpaid parking tickets... Exactly. And it took months and months and months and months to pull that out of ice. Yeah. Exactly who these people were and what were they doing. And there were some cases of people who were doing some bad things, and there were some cases that they really weren't. And it was a little unclear why exactly some of these people were being targeted. It also sounds like ICE specifically did not get in touch with Dane County and Madison because they were worried that Dane County and Madison would tip off... Uh, immigrants to to the to the raids and ICE apparently identified themselves as police when they first contacted oh, yeah. the people. Yeah, and I think I think Mahoney makes a great point as when he talks about how you know we need the immigrant community to feel comfortable coming forward to police officers. We, recently, we had the ICE roundup, and this came this came to life right here in our community, where when that occurred. We had immigrants who were victims of crime who didn't come forward to law enforcement for fear that law enforcement was ICE. Uh, matter of fact, ICE said they were police. Uh, they don't identify themselves as ICE agents. They, they knock on the door and say, we're the police. Um, and that's a problem. Because those, the immigrant communities in our community, and if they're being victimized and fear coming forward to law enforcement, the predators who are preying on them are only short distance from preying on U.S. citizens. And if the immigrant community fears coming forward to law enforcement, our overall community is less safe. Regardless of your view on immigration, if there's a segment of the population, any segment of the population that isn't reporting crime, that's only going to embolden the criminals to do more crime. You know, we wrote this editorial in today's paper about we're not full. You know, America's not full, um, and especially Wisconsin's not full. And that was because Trump was down on the border and he said, America is full. America's full. We don't know on all these migrants. We don't need them. And we're full. Turn around and go home. Yeah. Was, was sort of his view. But we have a labor shortage here in Wisconsin. We need 
anybody, doesn't matter if they're an immigrant or not, to come work in our state. It was uh, pretty startling when you look at those numbers, when you consider that, um, let, me, let me grab the numbers. Wait a minute, Scott, are you looking at the newspaper? <laughs> exactly. That's where you get information, Phil. I thought we were digital first here. Now I actually have to be able to read it without my glasses on. The Wisconsin Counties Association put out a report a week ago, and Wisconsin has always done a pretty good job of attracting young families. I mean, you can imagine, you hear anecdotally that people, they get out of college, maybe they'll go to Chicago or the Twin Cities and get their career jump started. They'll fall in love. They'll have a kid. And they're like, wait a minute, a five-story walk up in Chicago with a a stroller is a pain in my butt. I'm going to move back to Madison. Yeah. And from 2000 to 2005, Wisconsin pulled in a net 40,000 children. From 2005 to 2010, Wisconsin pulled in a net of more than 40,000 children. From 2010 to 2015, that had fallen to below 10,000. Oh, so that's a 30,000 difference, difference of 30,000 kids. Yeah. Over that same period, over a similar period of time. And that had really been helping us out because birth rates are falling. And the other thing that this showed is that if you take kids, zero to 16, how many do we have versus 50 to 64? Back in 1990, we almost had two kids to every near retiree. uh, In the state. In the state. By 2000, we had one and a half kid. Now we have fewer kids than we have of older folks who are getting close to retirement. And anybody who understands the Ponzi scheme that Social Security is knows (laughs) that that does not work out for anybody. We've got lower birth rates. We lose a lot of young people. We already knew that, but now we're not getting them back when they have kids. Yeah. So we- They're staying in Chicago and Minneapolis. And so our workforce is falling. In a second study that we cited in the editorial by the Economic Information Group, that's this bipartisan think tank out in DC, but they looked at census data for every county in the nation. And from 2007 to 2017, Every county in Wisconsin, other than Dane and Eau Claire, thank you, Bon Iver, <laughs> every county except for Dane and Eau Claire lost workforce population. The population between 25 and 54 was lower in 2017 than in 2007. If only... There were thousands of able-bodied workers somewhere <laughs> looking for a better life in our country. And they were willing to come here to Wisconsin, work well, hard, that's the trick. raise how their get, kids. How do you convince somebody from Honduras that Wisconsin is the place you want to go? At Trump's last State of the Union, he went off script and he basically said he wants as many legal immigrants as we can possibly get. They just have to come in legally. But his administration's policies totally run against that. Yeah, they've been trying to reduce the number of legal immigrants we're allowing every year. And plus, the asylum process is a legal process. Yeah. It's not illegal to apply for asylum. But I suspect there are a lot of people probably um, seeking asylum for asylum purposes. And then there's a also a contingent that are doing that because they can't get in any other way. And I would imagine for a lot of people, it's a bit of column A and a bit of column B. And that, you know, 
it's dangerous where I'm from. Yeah. It's a serious threat. And while I'm at it, I wouldn't mind a better life for, my, for me and my family. But if we let more people in through the front door because we need more people in places like Wisconsin. Especially every county except Dane and Eau Claire. Yeah. <laughs> there would be less people trying to come in illegally. Of course, the other issue, too, is that people are just coming here on a visa and then they stay. They don't go home. Yeah. And part of the reason they don't go home is they don't think they can get back in if they go home. If we're having issues of gangs and smuggling through illegal entry, you know, you'd think if we just made the legal process easier, there wouldn't be this sea of legal Im- illegal immigrants who are very benign and harmless coming through and allowing these nefarious characters to sneak in with them, basically. Now, of course, you and I can talk about this because we're not worried about illegal immigrants taking our jobs at <laughs> the newspaper either. Actually, we could really use some reporters who are bilingual. We sure could. (laughs) We've had some in the past, and we probably still have one or two. I can speak broken Spanish, um, but not enough to do an interview. Yeah. So maybe they will take our job, Phil. Well, maybe. (laughs) The issue, though, is we've been talking for a decade now about how so many of the workers on dairy farms are immigrants. Some of them undocumented, some of them not. And the farmers say, we need more. But it's not just the farmers now who need more. It's the manufacturers who need more workers. It's the welders. I'm glad you bring up Scott Walker. <laughs> Whenever he talks about our economy, uh, he has to bring up welders as his um, poster boy or girl. Is Scott Walker or maybe just the politics of Scott Walker and the national view of Scott Walker, is that affecting Wisconsin's falling number of families who are coming to Wisconsin or coming back to Wisconsin. And why? Because there was a lot of attention when former Governor Scott Walker did Act 10. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to argue Act 10 one or the other way or the other. I actually think there were some good things about Act 10. There were some really bad things about Act 10. But then he ran for president, essentially kind of on that on issue. On Act 10, yeah. And the left saw that as gutting education. The right saw it as... Uh, sticking up for taxpayers. But this idea that billions of dollars were cut from public education was out there. Yes. Now, it was sort of cut out of the height of teachers, not so much out of the classrooms, in my view. And it hurt morale, of course. But I think if you're a young family and you're seeing... You don't know all the ins and outs of Act 10. And you're seeing a state capital surrounded by teachers, angry at the governor, and you're hearing about billions of dollars being cut you know, maybe I'm not going to go to Wisconsin. Or move if back I'm, to Wisconsin. Yeah, if I'm a young family. Yeah. Now, I, that's totally speculative on my part, but I do kind of wonder how much of it was the perception of Scott Walker battling the unions here. I think you got a point there, and I think it goes beyond just education and that I think young people, people my age and younger, are just more progressive than than mm. than people that are Scott Walker's age or your age. You know, and, there's, and they just... There's not a whole lot of proud. There's there aren't as many proud conservatives in the in the millennial crowd. You know, it's just it's just not. I mean, some of them aren't all aren't all on the loony left. They're not all yeah. radicals. But you know, good the kind of values that Scott Walker was touting of we're going to lower taxes, we're going to you know you know make it easier for homeowners. That's just the kind of stuff that doesn't appeal to young people anymore. Now, do they come back now because we're not a solid, you know, we're not red state through and through? We're I don't all know. inspired by Tony Evers to return to Wisconsin. <laughs> well, he is. Uh, he was the he head of the a, schools. He is very, I mean, I will say, I mean, it, well, before I moved to Wisconsin, 
My impression was sort of that everyone from Wisconsin is like Tony Evers. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit nice, aw shucks. You know, maybe he swears a little bit for emphasis, but not much. We're going to fix the damn roads. Somebody's going to wash that guy's mouth out with soap. <laughs> when he swears, it doesn't come off as a swear word. It comes off as kind of, you know, your grandma or grandpa swearing who normally doesn't swear. Yeah. It almost sounds like fiddlesticks. So now we're talking about Tony Evers' foul mouth. The whole point of this <laughs> podcast was immigration and ICE. Yeah. So maybe we should bring it back to bring it back home. That was a long tangent. If the Oscars were going on right now, someone would be yeah. playing the music because it's time to wrap it up, Mr. Milfred. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm just having too much fun. Mahoney also does not know of any situation in which ICE, by the way, would be using local police body camera to identify undocumented immigrants. It's a red herring. Um, but big picture on immigration... The sheriff three times has communicated to the president of the United States that his policy on immigration is wrong. Mostly the wall is kind of just expensive. It's a waste of money is what it is. Yeah. Not that we don't need some wall somewhere, but we've got a whole bunch of wall already. Isn't a third of the border already walled off in some way, shape, or form? in the spots where we thought we needed it. Yeah. He's not total sanctuary. He's not total namby-pamby about the whole thing. But, you know, he's not going to criminalize... Uh, people just going about their day, you know, yeah. which is which is what some people want. Some people want every want immigrants to live in perpetual fear uh, of the authorities, and and we, you know, I think he's right, and I agree with him that that makes our society less safe when a whole segment of the population is terrified to interact with law enforcement. The sheriff was very evasive. I asked him point blank several times, how big were Trump's hands? Yeah, that's right. And he refused to answer my question. He basically said no collusion, no obstruction, (laughs) never saw the hands. Might be big hands, might be little hands. Yeah, he... he Definitely not Phil hands. He completely dodged that question. Completely dodged the question. Refused to make news, refused to, to humor me on that one. So you've talked to Trump about this three times in the last two years? Three separate times? On three separate occasions, we've talked about immigration. How, how big are his hands? He <laughs> <laughs> just shake his hand. <laughs> Says the guy who's going to draw. Yeah, there's, there's something to be quoted. <laughs> yeah, the, he wanted to make news today. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, would, that would do it. Certainly, you don't probably a tweet. Yeah. Too. You don't agree with the president's position on these things. I don't. I don't agree on building a wall because I don't think it will solve our problem. All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. To listen to past episodes, go to go.madison.com slash center stage or follow us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.